The 2020 AVA Scientific Meeting will be held from September 12th to the 15th at the Gaylord Rockies in Denver, Colorado. Registration is not open yet, but be sure to mark your calendars now. And don't forget, the call for topics and presentation deadline is January 6th, 2020. Visit avainfo.org slash cfp2020 to submit. You have arrived at Season 2, Episode 13 of the I Save That Podcast. This is the post-2019 AVA Scientific Meeting Edition of the show where we'll be talking to a couple of our first-time attendees from Las Vegas. This is Ramsey Nasrallah, joined as always by Eric Sager. Those first-time attendees are Leah Nichols, a registered nurse from Spokane, Washington, and Maya Gossman, another registered nurse and vascular access specialist from Stillwater, Oklahoma. They're great. Those are great conversations. And uh, 1,924 people at the scientific meeting. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Back in 2017, uh, that was the first time we cleared 1,000 clinical attendees. And the records for AVA attendance have been set in 2016, 2017, 2018, and now 2019. Uh, 1,385 clinical attendees. 80 exhibitors. I mean, that's most most we've had ever as well. It it appears to me that uh, advancing vascular access is hot right now. Yeah, as well as the networking, which has always been elite at AVA, um, continuing to differentiate how we create networking opportunities for clinicians, exhibitors, everything in between. The content improves every single year, and how it's delivered gets more and more novel as well. That's right. And you'll see a bunch of that showing up in in the forms of courses on the AVA Academy. If you were unable to go to Las Vegas, we captured a lot of that content, and you're going to be able to take it, uh, sometimes for CE credit. And you'll want to join AVA to get those courses on the cheap so that... uh, and also a couple hundred dollars off of the AVA Scientific Meeting in 2020 in Denver. So the FOMO you experienced from, um, from Vegas, you don't have to feel that way next September. So just go to joinavanow.com and you can get started or renew. It's crazy that we're already talking about AVA 2020. I can't believe it. It never stops. I know. I mean, we, we give away a lot of stuff like this podcast, the I Save That Podcast. Always but, free. Yeah, always. But there are also things that you want to invest in for your career that cost less uh, when you become one of us. Ramsey, what were two impactful experiences or memories that stand out to you about AVA 2019 in Las Vegas? Uh, it's just a whirlwind, right? We were down, we were down there for a week. A which, week. A week in Las Vegas, which I believe is about six and a half days longer than <laughs> anyone should ever. <laughs> Vegas always wins. Vegas always dominates. Uh, I, you know, th- there's a lot to, to think about in terms of what was memorable in Vegas. I'll go to my general session speech, which you can see on the uh, AVA Facebook page. I made a comparison, uh, listeners, if you missed it to how companies get hacked in, in 2019 and how they're not hacked through central access from an IT standpoint. Rather, they're hacked through vulnerabilities that companies tend to overlook, peripheral access points. And I just threw an emphasis on both central and peripheral because uh, there, isn't, there's a parallel to how patients are being infected from a vascular access standpoint. And I think what was memorable about me being on stage giving a speech to the largest general session in AVA history was that for the first several minutes, I had a lot of confused faces because <laughs> I was talking about Equifax. I was one of them, <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the speech was mostly under wraps. Once the reveal uh, showed that, hey, these giant companies are getting hacked through peripheral access, uh, the faces all changed. And that's something I'll take with me for a while. That was that was great. That's that's one impactful experience. The other is walking into the exhibit hall and just being overwhelmed by the amount of activity and bustling and networking that was going on. And it just made me really proud to be a part of uh, what Ava's been doing and as a former exhibitor uh, to see how far Ava's come. 
Yeah, those three, well, the first night and then the two days following it in the exhibit hall was really, really eye-opening. You know, we had all those exhibitors that we had mentioned and a lot of great feedback from them and from the attendees and what they were able to see and do, you know, the hands-on aspect of it is just so great. For me, two impactful experiences was uh, I had a reviewer meeting, uh, my Java reviewer meeting, excuse me, with the editorial review board. Not everyone was able to make it, but we had a great attendance still. Over half of the board was there um, and a really great conversation about where their journal's going and how we can improve it and provide more resources um, for prospective authors. So I'll be working on that to close out 2019. I was really, really proud of that conversation, the strategy that we put together moving forward. And I would be remiss if I did not mention Ava's resource guide for vascular access. This is a must-have asset for all vascular access clinicians. It doesn't matter if you're looking to receive your board certification in vascular access or you've already done so previously. It's an amazing resource to have for your professional practice. And it first went on sale at the Ava booth in the 2019 scientific meeting in Las Vegas at the exhibit hall there. And you can purchase a printed copy, digital access on two devices, which the digital access has a wide range of interactive animations and videos to enhance your education and that sort of thing. And you can go in and play a little bit and you can write notes and all that kind of good stuff. And you can purchase that right now on the Ava website at avainfo.org slash resource guide. And this is perfect timing, especially if you're looking to take the board certification exam in December. Uh, This resource can serve as your guide to push your preparation to another level, as well as be a great thing that you can reference for years to come. Another thing was the first-time attendee reception, and that kind of plays into this this episode because we talked to two first-time attendees that we mentioned before with Maya and with Leah. Um, We had over almost – it was like 600 first-time attendees, and obviously not everyone could make it because it was the night before – the first day of the meeting, but man, there were some great conversations and I had at least a handful of them about the podcast. You know, they heard about Ava through the podcast or they listen to the podcast, you know, as they commute or they clean in their house. And that's what we're here for, um, for you all to do that. On the treadmill, in the car. Exactly. I got, I got all those stories too. You're doing other stuff and Ava's in your ears. Yeah, absolutely. So I really enjoyed that and it was great to see everyone's bubbly personalities. Like this is so great. And we're just excited to be here. And, you know, Las Vegas obviously helps with that. But we're going to hear a quick message from Ava Strategic Partner, IV House. And then when we return, we'll talk with Maya about her first experience at the annual Ava Scientific Meeting. So please stay tuned. This episode of I Save That Podcast is brought to you in part by support from IV House, a proud strategic partner of the Association for Vascular Access and the world leader in IV therapy, joint stabilization, and IV insertion site protection products. IV House products are proven to help reduce patient harm by improving visibility to the extremity and IV catheter, making thorough assessment faster and easier. Recent studies show IV House products improve dwell times, reducing the need for painful, time-consuming IV restarts. Learn more at www.ivhouse.com. Today we're joined by Maya Gossman, uh, RN, VABC, and CMS RN. Uh, Maya is a vascular access specialist from Stillwater, Oklahoma, working at the Stillwater Medical Center in both the adult and pediatric sectors. Uh, vascular access has been her focus for the last five years or so, and the scientific meeting in Las Vegas was her first ever, and she's joining us today. Maya, thanks for attending the conference, and thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thank you so much, Ramsey. It was great. It was wonderful to be there, and I'm happy to talk to you about, about my first-time experience. 
Hi, Maya. This is Judy Thompson. Hi, I'm, Judy. Uh, hi there. So I don't know if I ran into you at conference. If not, I wish I had. But now we get to meet officially. There so, were a lot of people there. So this is There were a lot of people there. Yeah. Oh, I know that I saw you. I don't know that we were formally introduced, but. Well, yeah. well next time, make sure you come up <laughs> and say hi officially. I will do that. So my, I, I still remember my very first Ava. And I came back home. I was so excited. Everything I wanted to do, uh, everything I heard, I wanted to go try to implement. How was your first impression of Ava? My first Ava conference was the most incredible thing I think I've ever done. Um, I mean, other than having children. I love my children. However... <laughs> I, I found my people at Ava. I, I knew that there were other people out there because I have been going to Oak Band meetings, but going to Ava with all of those people there, it was like a local chapter meeting on steroids. They all thought like me and they they want the same things for like that I do for our patients. And it was great to be able to have conversations with people and they understand what you're talking about and you can share ideas. And it was wonderful. And I too feel like I want to implement everything that I learned. And my boss has said, you're going to be impossible to deal with for a while, aren't you? And I said, yeah, pretty much. But they love me for it because they all know that I'm a nerd. So it was great. I'm so excited to hear that. It is fun coming back, but trying to pick and choose what you're going to implement first. And right. So because you, you can't do everything all at once. It just doesn't seem to work. No, and I honestly went into it kind of focused on wanting to expand myself into doing central lines. And I came out of it, to be honest, with looking more at peripheral IVs. I feel like there was a big focus on peripheral IVs. And I went to a lot of the, the presentations by Nancy Moreau and Lee Steer, learned all, all about the PIV five rights. And I came out all fired up about that. So I went I went in thinking one thing and I did the procedural lab beforehand, which was incredible, but I came out kind of thinking, you know what, I think I'm going to focus on, on this for now, which was eye-opening for me because I've been geared toward wanting to expand into central lines for a while. And I applaud you for both. And I, knowing that peripheral IVs are so prevalent and such a big risk that we didn't before really consider. And now with the work of Dr. Helm, Shelley DeVries, you know, the entire group of Avatar and many, many others that I'm, uh, I'm not mentioning, it's really brought to light the, the worries. Russ Nazoff, I can't forget Russ Nazoff, of course. But um, Yes, I did go to his presentation too. It was great. Oh, well, we were in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great presentation as well. So there were yeah. so many. But Being at a smaller community hospital for me, we probably don't do as many central lines as the larger tertiary care facilities. So for me, everybody that comes in and is admitted to the hospital has a PIV. And so to focus on that, I feel like makes more sense for me where I'm at right now. And eventually I, I definitely would like to expand my practice, but um, I'm all fired up about the PIVs right now. That is great. And I, I don't want you to forget the central line because really okay. to be able to take care of our patients in the most appropriate and effective way, learning and being able to uh, give the patient the right line at the right time is so, 
so important. And really, absolutely. And I have found in in my practice, I'll go in a room, and if I look at a patient's arm and assess it with ultrasound, and I find that their veins aren't going to accommodate a pick line, it's it's difficult to then go to the doctor and say, I can't do this because it's not right. You're going to need to call somebody else to do an IJ. It would be so much better for the patient, quicker, faster, easier for everybody involved if then I could just place that IJ. So I still someday would like to get there. Um, I just, I was surprised by, by my PIV <laughs> passion all of a sudden. That uh, one that was one of the catalysts when I learned how to play central lines is I kept getting orders for inappropriate lines, mostly for CKD patients. And it was such a struggle to get the right line placed that it was so much easier just to be able to place them. So I applaud you. Don't give up on that. But I'm really glad you're going to focus on the number one, the top invasive procedure any patient ever sees, which is the PIV. So yes. I applaud you for that. Thank you. Some of, us, some of us call that the gateway to healthcare delivery. Some of us do. Yeah. yeah. Maya, was, was there anything that, uh, I mean, we're not going to ask you about the Vegas parts <laughs> of your trip, trip because, you know, we, we, we follow a code of conduct here at Ava. Uh, what, was there anything that you left feeling uh, like you, you didn't get enough of uh, from, a, from a curriculum, a content a presentation or networking standpoint? I don't think so. I feel like I experienced so much in four days, I don't know how I could have fit any more into it. Um, we were pretty much in classes or networking at the, you know, the vendor room pretty much from about seven o'clock in the morning until six o'clock in the evening. And then I was lucky enough to be invited to a couple dinners in the evenings, which were fascinating. And and one of them was um, Shelly DeVries Teleflex dinner, which was very educational. And then I, I got to hang out with Nancy Moreau some, which was like total nerd fest. I was such a fangirl with her. It was almost embarrassing, but maybe not quite to the humiliating point. So I I don't know how we could have fit more in there. Uh, I did really enjoy the procedural lab. Um, maybe if there was a little bit more hands-on portion throughout the conference, that would be that would be great because those of us who are in outlying facilities. We don't have those skills labs available. We don't necessarily always get the hands-on practice. I'm blessed here at Stillwater Medical Center. They did purchase a vein block for us to practice with ultrasound-guided IV. They've been very supportive, um, but that that took a while, and we didn't always have that. That is nice that the facility is so supportive, and it sounds like your management um, and leadership at your hospital is supportive as well. So that's going to help you go further into your career and changing practice. That's neat. Yeah, they're really, they're really supportive of me. The doctors have been very supportive and helpful and they're my main source or they were before I joined Ava, my main source of information because I was the first full-time vascular access nurse at my facility. We used to have a pick team. There were, you know, maybe 10 of us who would do picks. It was a pick and run team. And then I joined Ava and I started going to the Oak Van meetings. And the first meeting I went to was uh, I saw Sophie 
Harnage from yes. Sutter Roseville. Yes. And she talked about this team that she formed. And I came back here just from a one, like one hour dinner in Oklahoma City, all fired up and talked to all the doctors. I was like, look, look what we can do. Look what we can do. And we don't have a CLABSI problem here. We are a zero CLABSI facility. So we didn't even have a problem we needed to fix. I just felt like we should get on that before we had a problem. And so after I joined Oakvan and started going to those meetings, I was like, we need to form a team. This is what we can do. And they've been so supportive and so helpful. And um, it's it's just been really wonderful. And not that there haven't been struggles. It, it has definitely has not been the easiest path to take forming a brand new department at a smaller hospital. But overall, it's been a very positive experience. What would you say to other folks that have not made the investment in their career to go to Ava and and take the time off work and to get to the conference? I would say that if you want to advance your knowledge and your skills and learn what you can do better, then you definitely need to go to the AVA conference because you get so much information. And even just sitting next to people waiting for the next session to begin, you just naturally strike up conversations and you learn about their practice, which hospital they're at, how they do things. And you might learn a way that you never even thought was possible. Like I had never heard of vascular access teams before I joined Ava. I just didn't know that they existed. I thought everybody did things the way that we do them here. And you learn so much by putting yourself out there and being open to the new information. And you get all of that at Ava. What Have a statement. Welcomed? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was wonderful. And I got um, an AVA ambassador because it was my first time. I signed up for that program, which was helpful. Um, Rhonda, she was from out on the East Coast, and she kept texting me apologizing because we weren't really meeting up that much. But I kept telling her, I said, I'm fine. I'm pretty self-sufficient. But it was nice to have her there as a backup in case I did have questions. And she did answer questions before the conference. We did meet there at the first time reception. Um, She was very wonderful and warm and welcoming. I just, I feel like she felt bad for not being there for me more, but I, I told her, I'm like, I'm, I'm great. I'm, I found my people. (laughs) We need a t-shirt like that. I found my people. Mm -hmm. I like that. The, uh, I, I thought everyone did things the way that we do them here is, is profound because it, it does take something like going to a scientific meeting and being with you know, the, the respective Mayas of so many disparate teams that have this passion for vascular access and then having that eyebrow hitting your hairline moment when you're like, oh, that's, that's different. Why aren't we doing that? And, and it's, it's, just, it's so neat to hear you say that, Maya. I just think what it comes down to is you don't know what you don't know. And for me, I've only ever worked in this one facility in healthcare. And it's a wonderful facility, but until you get out there and you learn other ways, you just, you don't know. And it was a wonderful way to learn, even just the local chapter meetings, but the AVA conference was phenomenal. It's funny you say that you don't know what you don't know. I just put something on social media in the vascular access nerd group about the same thing is we never go to work in the day trying to do any harm, but we can only change practice when we gain knowledge. So, right. I, you I, know, another thing about that, I, 
loved about the conference how patient-centered it was. Like everybody just wants what's best for patients. And I've never been to another conference, so I can't speak about, you know, other professional conferences not being that way. I'm just, I was really impressed with how everybody was so focused on we need to do the right thing for our patients all the time and learning that right thing and advancing our practice and our, our knowledge base is so important. Absolutely. So I have one more question for you. We kept a lot of your time. I'm looking at your credentials and you do have your board certification of vascular access. Congrats. Thank you. I also see another certification, CMSRN. Can you tell me what it stands for? That is Certified Med Surge Registered Nurse. And I started when I was in nursing school as an extern in the ER, and I did a, a year there. And then I moved to the med surge floor, and I planned on kind of using it as a jumping off point. But I was there for five years, and I ended up getting my certification in med surge, and it was really a wonderful foundation for me. And I've taken a lot of that into my vascular access practice. And I have maintained that certification because I still do a lot of med surge things. I'm mostly on the med surge floor um, doing my, my vascular access things. So I figured why not maintain the certification? I love that. I'm a huge proponent of certification in, in our profession. And I think that's a wonderful thing to keep in both for both of them, obviously. I'm sure your patients appreciate it as well. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Are, are you going to be in Colorado next year? I will be in Colorado no matter what it takes. <laughs> I don't care I if I it. have to drive or I, I will be there. <laughs> you, know, you know, sometimes people will tell me, "My like, I can't make it to Ava this year," and my response is always, "You know, not with that attitude, you won't be." But with, with, <laughs> with, with your attitude, yeah, we'll we'll see you in Colorado next year. I appreciate. I'll, you. I'll be there, and maybe here in a, in a while, I'll be presenting. Who knows? I'm I'm pretty fired up. You will with that attitude. Well, yep. congrats on everything. I'm so glad you enjoyed the conference, and I can't wait to meet you in person next year. Okay, I look forward to it. Or maybe maybe you'll come to Oklahoma and speak at Oak Fan because we Happily. have a good little chapter. Happily. Okay. Okay. You take care. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. You bet. And we'd like to welcome everyone back to the show. Uh, now we're joined by Leah Nichols, who is a registered nurse from Spokane, Washington, who just spent some time in Las Vegas with all of us at the 2019 AVA Scientific Meeting, which was her first ever national AVA meeting. Leah, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I also have AVA Director of Clinical Education, Judy Thompson, on the show with us, as well as AVA CEO, Ramsey Nasrallah. And I just wanted to, to see how you were doing and... Tell us a little bit about your, your experience in Las Vegas. When I saw on the Facebook page for Vascular Access that there was going to be a conference in Vegas, I looked up the date, and it was my weekend off. So I immediately tagged my coworker, who I worked pretty much exclusively with, and I said, hey, you want to go to Vegas on our weekend off and go to this conference? And she said, sure. And so she asked our boss, just nonchalantly, hey, we'd like to go to Las Vegas on our weekend off, oh, and spend a bunch of time with a bunch of vascular access people. She 
she was like, oh, okay, that sounds good. So we arranged that way back in April. So I've been looking forward to the conference most of the year. And I was very excited to go. Uh, I've done other nursing conferences. I worked in OB for a long time, and I did my certification in that, also in Las Vegas. So it would be my second time uh, going to Las Vegas, also for nursing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time, definitely. I felt like we didn't, it wasn't like a time to go explore Las Vegas. We literally spent pretty much the entire time at the conference, and we're totally fulfilled by that. It wasn't like we felt like we missed, missed out on anything, because it was just so good to be around a whole bunch of people that understood what we are going through and can completely relate to what we're doing and and just all the cool innovations and ideas that were out there. It was really neat to go. Yeah, to your point, Leah, Las Vegas is open 24-7, 365, whereas the Ava Scientific Meeting is one week out of 52 every year. It's that that exclusivity, that opportunity to, to see the innovation, to network, and to to get into the education that you did, I think you chose wisely. Vegas is still there this week. Ava's not happening until next September. Right. True fact. I hear exactly what you said, that it's really fun, really um, inspiring to be around like-minded people. And it's hard when when we're walking around hospitals and people don't get it to the same extent. And then you get around all the rest of us that are all nerds and we all talk the same <laughs> language, and it just fills your tank back up. Absolutely. So a couple takeaways for you. What what was memorable, other than the whole experience, but a uh, couple things that you really took away from the conference? I really enjoyed the breakout sessions, and sometimes it was hard to decide which one to go to because there were two going on at once that I wanted to see. Uh, it did help that my coworker was there with me, and in general, I think we only went to one breakout session together. Otherwise, we went to separate ones, so we would get more of a rounded experience. Even though we could still access the recording, it was so good that we were able to compare notes and, uh, and share what we learned in the one breakout session from the other. One of the ones that really stood out for me was the, the one from... It was a gal from England, and they had implemented a, a program in their ER to uh, do ultrasound-guided IV placements using people who had never done it before, and they trained them, and they implemented the program. And it initially, there was some pushback from the staff that were there um, because there were people coming in doing it according to protocol, but differently than they had been doing. And then by the end of the rollout of the program, they were literally chasing the people out to their car saying, hey, before you go home, can you come back and do one more? (laughs) And so that was, it was really neat to hear, you know, because ER is one of the areas where we don't have a vascular access expert in the ER, and we are called to do the really hard six. And it's, it's comforting to hear that we're not the only ones dealing with that problem. It's a huge topic in the space. And it's, uh, I think that to your point, Leah, you get the energy behind expanding and elevating that conversation by going somewhere like the scientific meeting and seeing, hey, you know what? This is happening 
between EDs and, and, and units all around, all around the country, all around the world, where there's a gap in vascular access competence uh, in emergent sticks. What can we do about it? Can, what does that conversation look like? How can we start to remodel and shape healthcare to elevate the importance of vascular access in an emergent stick? So Leah, did you have a specific takeaway that you're gonna go try and implement within your facility? I, I know that there was one presentation and it was really short that I went to and it was, I think it was one of the half hour breakouts where it was just somebody presenting on a study that they had done. Um, and I don't remember exactly where, um, but my takeaway was, wow, it's really not that hard to do a study. Like you could just do it. And he would, you know, obviously apply for the research grant and all that stuff to do it. And then you'd have to gather the data, but really like, you know, she did what she could with what, with the resources that she had. And so like some of the questions were like, what about this? How about that? And she's like, well, this is all I did. I just did this. And so to me, that just says, hey, if, if you want to do a study, it's really not that hard. That's good. We, um, Eric specifically, taught a pre-con on publishing for first-time publishers mostly. And one of the instructors there um, actually had a great takeaway about for a lot of people that always check with your IRB to see if you need IRB approval before you start collecting data. Because right. if they, they decide you need it and you haven't done it, all that data is for naught. So right. just that one. Right. That, was a, that was a critical discussion point that was brought up by one of our uh, expert panel members, which I appreciated. I thought it was a great conversation. Oh, me too. Me too. You should have seen a couple of the forlorn faces in the room when that came up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Leah, one more question for you before I let you go. Are you planning to come next year to Colorado? I would like to. This was rather expensive and uh, I'm hoping, hoping that I get some reimbursement from, uh, the foundation at our hospital that grants, you know, educational stuff. I'm not sure if they would do it two years in a row. So I would like to, let's put it that way. I think Fair what enough. you're trying to, you're trying to tell us uh, is that I need to get to work on a second time attendee scholarship through the Ava foundation. That would be awesome. <laughs> Odd there's also <laughs> there's also a financial justification form that ava provides on our website uh come conference time that you could utilize to try to you know get reimbursed for that funding you were mentioning so just keep an eye out for that also every year we're trying to make it easier to justify attending ava but also uh, find novel innovative and altruistic ways to get more people there more people funded so um Thank you for, for the comment, Leah. You just create more energy for us to, to live into this vision of, of making every clinician a vascular access clinician. Well, Leah, we appreciate your time so much and hope to see you in Colorado. If not, we'll see you the next year, I'm sure. You take care now. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Leah. Hi there, everyone. Eric Sager back again to share with you some information on upcoming AVA Network events. The 2019 annual scientific meeting may be in the books, but AVA networks across the U.S. are buzzing this fall as they prepare to close out 2019. First, Dr. Hudson Garrett visits Arvan on Wednesday, October 30th, to review hot topics in medical device infection prevention and control while sharing a comprehensive approach to ensure patient safety. 
Join Dr. Garrett at 7 p.m. for dinner and a lecture at the UAMS Simulation Center in Little Rock, Arkansas. To kick off November, Ava's lone Canadian network, KVAN, hosts Dr. Vineet Chopra on Friday the 1st at the Holiday Inn and Suites in Vancouver. Exhibitor networking begins at 5.30 p.m. local time, with dinner and Dr. Chopra's presentation starting at 6. And then the first full week of November features more than 10 network events. Be sure to check out avainfo.org calendar for details on meetings at NeoAva, AvaWNY, MyVan, MoCanVan, Foothills Ava, FlayVan, and Kava and AvaCNY. And as always, continue to refresh avainfo.org calendar to stay up to date. You can see the entire AVA network calendar on the AVA website at www.avainfo.org, which is also where you can join AVA or donate to the AVA Foundation. AVA is all over social media. You can follow the Association for Vascular Access on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Make sure you're subscribed to the I Save That podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. I would like to once again thank Leah Nichols and Maya Gossman for making time to speak with us about their experience in Las Vegas at the 2019 AVA Scientific Meeting. Thank you to everyone who attended the meeting, and don't forget to mark your calendars for the 2020 show, scheduled for September 12th through the 15th at the Gaylord Rockies in Denver, Colorado. Thanks as always to Dabney Coleman and to our loyal listeners of the I Save That podcast. The topics discussed on the I Save That podcast are purely for informational purposes. You should personally seek the guidance of clinicians before making any decisions that affect your health or the health of your patients. Listeners of this podcast are advised to do their own due diligence when it comes to making vascular access decisions. Our goal is to inform and entertain the healthcare landscape while giving you a starting point for your discussions with your own clinicians and professional advisors. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the hosts, our guests, our sponsors, and the Association for Vascular Access are not responsible for the success or failure of your health, your career, or any decision you make related to any of the information we have presented. The I Save That podcast contains segments of copyrighted music that was not specifically authorized to be used, but is protected by federal law and the Fair Use Doctrine as cited in Section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Act. If you have any specific concerns about this broadcast or our position on fair use defense, please contact us at podcast at avainfo.org. No part of this broadcast shall be reproduced, transmitted, or sold in whole or in part or in any form without prior written consent from the Association for Vascular Access.